Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Thanks, Julie. High five somebody, grab a seat just for the moment. Um, I think it's just uh, super, super exciting. Uh, We've got a great friend here all the way from sunny Tasmania. Is it ever sunny in Tasmania? Yeah, it is sometimes. And uh, Karen is just visiting with us at the moment. And um, uh, on the way, uh, Karen walks in, and I hope I'm going to capture it all, but um, uh, Karen walks in, you know, uh, just walks closely with the Lord and hears hears quite clearly and and uh, she was experiencing on her way here a lot of uh, roadworks who loves roadworks well we we don't like broken roads but we don't love it when they're trying to fix them right so we're a fickle bunch sometimes and so anyway along the right along the way uh she was experiencing all these you know uh 40k zones so you're traveling along well and then experience 40k and then as she's slowing down uh, somebody cuts her off and it was like oh get out of the way stop cutting you know be considerate and you know that thing that rises up within us sometimes occasionally Um, and uh, and anyway the, the encouraging word is here are you ready to receive this are you ready the encouraging word is here is that many people the Lord started to speak to Karen about it and many people have been frustrated me included uh, very frustrated about the 40k zones as they as though everything has slowed down or everything has um, you know ground to a halt in terms of it could be fruitfulness it could be um, you know I sometimes think the pace of life has sped up but um, but I think you know the fruitfulness or the advancement of the kingdom seems to have slowed down and she felt that the Lord was saying to her um, as we partner with those who cut in front as we partner behind the Lord is going to bring an acceleration the Lord is going to bring an acceleration All right, and so can we just stand, can we just respond to that and uh, just step into uh, what the Lord is doing in this? Um, I'm going to take this opportunity right now that we've got, you know, Pastor Julie was talking about it and there was, we've got these significant ministries coming into the life of the church of where it's, it's, you know, they're under quite demand and we were able to, uh, 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 you know, secure them here for, for your benefit, right? For your benefit. Okay? And so um, the truth is this, is that sometimes, sometimes um, uh, we love to be taught because that's really important, to be taught the word and ministered to the word. But how many know sometimes it's caught? All right, so what happens is, is that, you know, as we've, we've talked about the road to Emmaus and Jesus this morning uh, was walking with the disciples and they loved the teaching, but how many know they actually really caught it when their eyes were opened that it was in? And I think some of us get so hung up on being taught, being taught, teach me, teach me, teach me, and we miss the catching. We miss the man who it's all about. 
And Jesus is here to impart something to us, even now, but even more so, we're going to see an acceleration take place over the next several weeks. Hello? And so can we pray into that? The way we impart, the, the way we receive, I should say, impartation is by agreeing and saying, yes, Holy Spirit, have your way in me and actually meaning it. <laughs> we ready? All right. So if you're, if you're on board, great. If, if you're not, just take a seat because I am desperate for you to catch this. You ready? All right, so Father, right now, just, just you can agree with me in prayer. Father, right now, I just thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, in our lives, in the midst of who we are as people, in the midst of this church, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the 40K zones. I thank you for the high speed zones. Lord, I thank you for the people that uh, cut in every now and then. Lord, at times, yes, forgive us for where we have been frustrated. Lord, our frustration is that we long to see your kingdom grow. We long to see your kingdom expanded. We long to see you, God, glorified. And so, Lord, let there be an impartation of patience, love and acceleration here within our hearts and our lives, Lord, in Jesus' Name, in Jesus' Name. And we all said... Amen and amen. Yeah, you can really high-five somebody now and take a seat. How good is that? How good is that? Amen, amen. Hey, thanks so much for being a responsive church because we are going to get into the Word today. And um, uh, again, I want you to focus, I ask that you focus on catching what God is doing here um, as a, and because uh, there's been a lot of teaching, a lot of teaching. How many know that uh, a man with experience is better than a guy with a textbook? Right? And, uh, you know, I've had some car troubles and things like that over the, wow, it's not so much car troubles, but anyway, there's been some things. And, uh, <clears throat> and you know, I'm going online into the forum and, and, and there's all these people suggesting uh, different things. And, and uh, anyway, I, uh, I call up uh, Anna's, Anna's uncle and I say, uh, uh, Zio Frank, well, I don't, I just call him Frank. <laughs> Frank, what do you reckon? And suddenly, the 40 plus years of being a mechanic <laughs> comes into place, right? And yes, he probably learned out of a textbook, uh, but he learned a lot of things over the years, amen? And so uh, teaching is great and it's important and you have received a lot of it. Now it's time to step in to this place of impartation. Hallelujah. Amen. Fantastic. All right. So we've been talking about walking in your reward. It's a journey of personal uh, revival. And personal revival is something just that is just so significant. And um, personal revival is this place of, we've been looking at the definition of revival and it turns, uh, turns from a place of, uh, of um drastic improvement as to what you were, all right? That's what revival is all about, a drastic turnaround. And, uh, you know, who loves to get new furniture? Yeah, new furniture. I mean, new, new furniture is fantastic, right? And, um, and uh, like, if you if you complete this phrase, a, ch- a change is as good as a... I don't think it really is. 
I think a great holiday laying on a beach somewhere or something like that is pretty, pretty darn good than a, than a different chair, right? <laughs> All right, but the truth is, you're probably going to spend more time in the chair than you are on the holiday, but it, but it's rejuvenating nonetheless. But you know, I like change. I love change, except for one thing. I love change, except for when I can't see the benefit of it. Does that make sense? You know, hey, let's paint that wall pink. Yeah. I, I just, I just don't see the benefit of it. Now, if you love pink, I know there's a couple of people here that absolutely adore and love pink. I'm not talking that you, you paint your pink walls. That's fine. But I'm talking about if I can't see the benefit of the change, then I struggle with it. It might, it might be the fact that I just can't see it or that I just don't agree with the benefit. Hello? And so we step into this area and we step into this place of where, where, where yeah, I think change is good, and how many know it's like that journey of faith with God? He says leap and you go, where? Why? What's it going to look like? What's going to happen? And he goes, no, 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 no. It's about faith. Have faith and trust in me, right? And so um, many years ago, I, when I was single, And um, and I, I was I, I bought this TV. Now, now, you remember those TVs where you actually had to get up out of the couch to change the channel? And there was like four. There was ABC, Channel Seven, Channel Nine, and Channel Ten. And if you're really risque, there was twenty-eight. Right? Anybody who laughs knew what I was talking about there, right? <laughs> and see. We bought, I bought this TV, like it was huge, mate. It was a rear projection TV. Anybody know what a rear projection TV is? A rear projection TV was like, whoa, it was the ants' pants, the bees' knees. It had Sony surround sound. Like it was the bomb, man, right? And something, one thing, well, the truth is, is never in my life had I had anything so awesome aside from the Commodore, right? <laughs> right? And like people would come into the lounge room and, you know, I'd have people over, friends over Sunday afternoon and we'd sit back in the couch and go, whoa, look at this. But you see, the problem is with a rear projection TV is that you've kind of got to close the curtains, turn the lights off, and you've got to be right in front of it to see its full colour, right? These TVs here, you can, you can see them from almost any angle and they still look good. A rear projection, it's got to be right in front. You know, oh, you can be a little bit off to the edge, right? But it's like as soon as somebody opens a curtain, it's, is the TV on? Right? It wasn't quite that bad, right? And so it was awesome. Several years later, Anna and I got married. Awesome. Oh. We needed a little cue applause thing up here or something. Right. We got, Anna and I got married and I still had the TV. Thanks. Thanks, Anne. <laughs> and the truth is, like, this, this was a behemoth of a thing. Like, to, 
I, I remember a friend of mine had a ute and we had to move it and like it, like it was, don't shake this thing too much. Let's be gentle as we put it up because we don't want the mirrors to get out of whack. And Like it had picture in picture. Do you know what picture in picture is? Picture in picture, you could watch a romantic movie and still see Richmond winning the premiership. That's what picture in picture is. You could watch two TV stations at once out of the four that were on offer. (laughs) You could watch Days of Our Lives and Young and the Restless at the same time. Norman, you hear what I'm talking about? Like it was awesome. No, I'm joking. And when we moved, uh, look, the truth is, it was really never going to be used again. And what happens is, like, there's this change taking place. And, you know, when we got married, we bought this little square TV. You know the square TVs that were about this deep, right? And that went in one room and then the rear projection got relegated into the lounge room. And, and then through another certain set of circumstances, we acquired a larger flat screen TV, which we still have today. And, uh, and that old rear projection then got put into what was then the rumpus room and used for the kids' Wii games and things like that. And, And then one day, Anna said, it's time. Now, one thing you have to understand between Anna and myself. I don't love change that involves getting rid of things. I'm not saying I'm a hoarder. No, I didn't say, I didn't say hoarder. I said, I don't love change that involves getting rid of things, right? Right, right? Who believes in darning socks? Matt, come on, stick that hand up. I know we've had a conversation about this, right? All right, that's different, is it? (laughs) All the secret closet hoarders start to come out. Oi, that's, you know, all right. But one day it came time and I said, Anna, just give me a break. Just let me process this internally for a moment. Let me just take this leap of faith knowing what the outcome might feel like. Let me say goodbye to this old friend properly. So I put it on eBay, trying to make some money on it. (laughs) This thing, no interest whatsoever. (laughs) Like who wants an old rear projection TV, right? I know, I know. And I could hear it cowering in the corner, weeping. I held its remote control with great tenderness and eventually it made its way up onto the nature strip. Would you believe the day it gets picked up, somebody offers to buy it for 500 bucks on eBay? (laughs) Jesus, lover of my soul. Like it was like an intercession moment, please come back, right? Anybody had to sell an old car that they absolutely loved? That was my TV as it drove up Dallatite Court in Warrenwood, right? And so, anyway, I tell that wonderfully exciting story. 
to say this. We need to let go of what once we held valuable in our hearts, lives and minds to make room for what God wants in this new season. God's doing something in this new season. During our worship night last, uh, last Wednesday night, there were several images and pictures that people had during our worship night up in the, our mezzanine floor offices. And it was just like just God was speaking just so incredibly clearly. And uh, the picture was this, is that God wants us to move furniture in our hearts and lives to make room for him. And I'm not talking about literally, I mean, look, sometimes we need to get rid of stuff, right? We need to make room, right? Just like that old TV. But the truth is actually this, is that, is that you know, you can't have, you know, 16 generations of TVs, <laughs> Like, if you get something new, if God, if you are receiving an impartation from God in a new way, you can only receive that when you start to let go of the old things, the old ways. Otherwise, the truth and the reality is that we can actually become quite pharisaical. We can actually become quite religious about the good old-fashioned things as opposed to what God is doing in a new season. This is why we read in the Scripture that God says constantly, Behold, I do a new thing. Behold, His mercies are new every morning. Behold, there is a newness that God is wanting to instill in our hearts and our lives for a brand new season. Can I get an amen? If you've got your Bibles with you, open to Exodus chapter 13. We are going to have it up on the screen there in just a few short minutes, but I just want you to just uh, cast your eye over that and then we're going to dive into a few other scriptures that I believe the Lord is uh, leading for us to today. And uh, in Exodus chapter 13, you'll scroll down and you'll be able to see some headings of where we uh, hear the instruction in relation to the Passover, which is the celebration of the Passover lamb. And Israel escaping, well, not escaping, Israel uh, absolutely marching victoriously out of Egypt. We have to understand that they were in Egypt for 400 years. They'd been crying out to God. They'd been mistreated. They were certainly very fit. <laughs> they, were, uh, um, they were at the mercy of uh, the Egyptians and their rulers. And yet, at the same time, under that oppression and under what was going on there, they had flourished. The Egyptians felt threatened simply because they had grown in number they were incredibly successful in what they do and, and Pharaoh and, and at the time was concerned. They might overthrow us. There's too many of them. So treat them more harshly. And, 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 and what, what it did is that through that hardship, the voice and the thing out of, that, out of the Israelites' hearts and their lives started to cry out to God even more, even more. And so we know the story that God rose up Moses and, and Moses led them out of Egypt. 
And as they had left Egypt, God instituted this feast in this festival called the Passover lamb, where, where Israel was to remember that uh, they, the night that, that a, a, a lamb was to be killed and the blood over the doorposts and the spirit of the angel of death would pass over and not take, uh, not take the firstborn of, of that household. And so here, it's a significant thing. Can you imagine waking up in your neighbourhood, healing, hearing, wailing of every firstborn? And I'm not talking under five years old. I'm not talking under 10 years old. Every firstborn, fathers, sons, children, everything. Every firstborn. I was the third. I'm all right. Uh-oh. And you see, this is, the, this, this is the thing here. I mean, this is a significant occasion. And then from the Passover, God instituted the feast of unleavened bread. Unleavened bread. About midnight last night, I'm discovering things about leaven that I never knew before. And Anna's in bed, you know, starting to doze off. And did you hear about this? And oh, gosh, stop, Matthew. It was just so exciting. You should look up leavened bread and unleavened bread, particularly leaven as opposed to yeast. Because there is a difference between leaven. Leaven is, is, a, is, a, is a, um, a, 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 an, a catalyst for raising bread. Now, yeast does the same thing. <laughs> All right, I'm already going there. Yeast is from a mushroom. Leaven appears, occurs naturally in old bread. And so uh, yeast grows quickly. Uh, leaven that happens naturally from old bread and old dough grows slowly. In that slow process, it's actually got much more healing qualities for your gut from all, a whole list of things that I could read to you, but I'm not going to, as opposed to the mushroom context, uh, the mushroom, oh, this, I'm not a nutritionist, I shouldn't have gone there, as opposed to a mushroom yeast that, uh, that is not as kind on your gut and your stomach. Anyway, free information, you good? And so the Feast of Unleavened Bread was a feast, but it was seven days. On the first day, they were to treat as a Sabbath. Didn't matter what day of the week it was. And on the first day, and then on the seventh day, they were also to treat as a Sabbath. But the days in between the Feast of Unleavened Bread, what was required of them was to eat nothing with leaven in it. Nothing that raised the bread. So in other words, it was not just flat bread, it was absolutely flat bread, right? And you see, what took place here is that they had to eradicate leaven out of their home completely. Now, when was the last time you cleaned out your pantry? And I mean cleaned it out, wiped it down, got rid of all of that leaven, you know, I was reading some articles from some Jewish people that, that still celebrate uh, this. They, they said these words, it is virtually impossible to get rid of leaven out of the house. 
because leaven is literally, it's, it's not so much in the atmosphere, but it is, it is everywhere because it's a bacteria-based thing. And yet they were required, the entire household, in that toy cupboard, in this toy cupboard, in that kitchen, behind that TV, but you had to, in the car, everywhere of their property, they had to eradicate leaven. Now, what was leaven used for? Leaven was used to grow their bread, raise their bread, okay? So if you were to get rid of it, what would happen afterwards? You'd have to start again, right? You'd have to culture it properly. You'd have to care for it properly. Uh, As a side note, yeast bread or commercial baker's yeast bread uh, eventually goes off, right? Leavened bread made with proper leaven, never, it virtually never goes off. It doesn't get mouldy, nothing. It generally doesn't dry out. The outside will dry out, but not inside. It's quite fascinating. And the reason why I'm telling you all this is because leaven was actually, from a biological point of view, very good. They required it. It went from boring flatbread, if, <laughs> if it is boring, boring flatbread to beautifully raised bread. It's like, imagine sourdough without the round bit. But you see, in this instance, it was a reminder to eradicate sin out of the Israelites' life. Leaven throughout the whole Old Testament and the New Testament was always seen as sin. What does pride do? Pride puffs up. It's like a leaven that comes up. The pride of life, the pride of this, the, the, you know, I'm proud of that. And it, I mean, I'm not saying all, every single time pride is bad. I mean, it's, it's good to be proud of a job that you do or proud of your kids or uh, proud of seeing somebody do great and you say, great job. But personal pride is credibly, incredibly damaging. The Bible says pride comes before the fall. You look at politicians For years and years and years and years, they get away with being very proudful. And then eventually, what happens? Catches up. We're no different. And so the Feast of Unleavened Bread was was a definite feast. It was a holiday, right? But it was a holiday to stop and contemplate and think to to, uh, those that that follow Yahweh Lord that, that says, that says, I've got to eradicate this. I've got to make room for God. I've got to stop and recognise to make room for Him. Move the furniture, get rid of that TV. Move the furniture around, clean underneath it. You'd never move a couch and not vacuum under it while it's been there for a couple of years, would you? It's the same with our life. God's wanting an upgrade and it's time for us to just deal with some of these things that the Bible says so easily weigh us down, so easily hold us down, so easily draw us into that place of, God, I need you. The truth is this. It is impossible for us to eradicate sin. Just the same as it was impossible for the Israelites to eradicate leaven. Praise God, Jesus came. 
and he eradicated it for us. He dealt with it. He dealt with that. He fulfilled his responsibility. Now we fulfill our responsibility to say, yes, Lord, I want to deal with this. I want to deal with this issue. I want to make room for you, Jesus. I don't want to hold on to the things of the past. I want to run in to this brand new season in you. Amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, Paul talks about leaven. And Paul was writing to, to the Corinthian church and, and the church at Corinth was, uh, <coughs> was quite, um, was quite um, <sighs> progressive. Um, how many know that often the word progressive is just an excuse? Anyway, Paul said this, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and such, such, and such sexual immorality is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife. We have to understand here, friends, that, that the church of Corinth was reasonably new and yet the truth of the matter is that was still growing. Are you still growing? Are you willing to receive what God's wanting to do in the new season? This is, this is what Paul's saying. And you are puffed up. And have not rather mourned. Remember what we talked about, walking in your reward, that we need to thoroughly repent? We talked about this a couple of years, weeks, years, weeks, weeks ago. Thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly do it. This is what Paul's saying. And have not rather mourned, that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For indeed, as absent in the body but present in spirit, I have already judged as though I was present him who has done, has so done this deed. So Paul was writing to the church. He'd heard about what was done and he was grieved. He was so grieved that the church would actually embrace and be okay with it. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know he's starting to get pretty shirty when he starts to speak language like this, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for his destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Pretty strong language, isn't it? Very strong language, in fact. What's he talking about here? He's talking about the fact that often Satan is used as an instrument of redemption. It's funny, isn't it? Because God will allow people by the choice of their own will to be tormented in order that they may see true darkness than true light. Verse 6, your glorying is not good. 
Your glorying is not... Here, let me, let, let, let me show you something. The church of Corinth was growing and they were, yes, praise God. Hallelujah. This is great. But what was happening is that they were embracing and allowing sin in the camp. And Paul said, your glorying is not good. It's not good. Stop it. Stop it. Treat this seriously. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Now, a little bit of yeast, what happens? It's a culture. It's a, it's a live culture. Like mould, it's a live culture. And the thing that happens with yeast, as opposed to leaven... The thing that happens with yeast is a little bit and it spreads rapidly and grows. Now, we are used to loaves of bread that have a nice high top and big. That's not what their bread did. Their bread rose, rose a bit, but not like that. And, and it grew slowly overnight, not in 30 minutes in the oven. And as it grew overnight, a little bit of leaven in that dough had raised the whole loaf. Therefore, purge out the old leaven. You know what I hear Paul saying? Move some furniture out that's taking up space taking up space in your heart, taking up space in your head, what you used to think about yourself or what, you, what maybe you still do and it doesn't really match what God says about you. Therefore, purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. Who wants to be a new lump? <laughs> Tell the person beside you, say you look like a new lump today. Why are you saying it so quietly? <laughs> Husbands, don't turn to your wife and say you look like a new lump today. Oh, you said I have a new lump today? No. <laughs> Since you are truly unleavened. See what Paul's saying here? He said, Jesus is already done with it. He's dealt with it. You are unleavened. He's already dealt with that sin. This is what we get to say yes to. We say yes. Amen? For indeed Christ, our Passover was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. That word sincerity in its true meaning is actually this. It's very interesting that Paul used this. The word sincerity in our English language, we understand what sincerity means. I want to be sincere, truthful, honest, right? Right? Hello? Yep. yep. And so, and so uh, what that word in its original form actually meant, it meant sunlight. Interesting, isn't it? And the reason for it is that everything gets brought into the light. 
Hello? And you see, what happens is that uh, back in the merchants, dishonest merchants used to do this. They used to take, take uh, uh, pottery and products that they were selling and it was, if it was marred, marked, sometimes they would actually take a broken piece of pottery that they'd worked feverish, feverishly on and uh, there was a, a crack on it, is that they would get wax, coloured wax, and they would cover up the crack so it looks brand new, Right? And so what would happen is that they they would put it in a dimly lit tent so that the purchaser comes along and goes, what is that? That looks perfect. That's beautiful. And they'd pay for it and then they'd walk outside and go, it's a Hyundai, not a Ferrari. Right? That's not what I, oi, that's not what I paid for. And the merchants say, you bought it. You bought it, you did it. So that word sincerity actually means to bring something into life. So let's read it like that. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but the unleavened bread of bringing things into the light and showing them as truth. Friends, bring things to light in and around the community. Don't turn a blind eye. Don't accept things as the status quo. Don't accept things as being progressive as opposed to what is justice, what is right, what is true, what Jesus said is upright and focusing upon righteousness, not allowing unrighteousness. And even within our own hearts and lives. You know, the Bible is pretty clear. It's as if you're given over to gluttony, take a knife to your throat. Can you imagine? (laughs) I'm feeling hungry, Anna. Oh, here we go. I was going to say I don't carry a knife around. I've got my pocket knife. I'm hungry, Anna. Where's the fridge? And Anna says, what are you doing? (laughs) I want to eat, but the Bible says I shouldn't. What's it talking about? I think, yeah, yeah, I think overeating is an issue. I'm not talking about a weight thing. What I'm talking about is the go-to thing that makes me feel comfortable. Now, I love a bit of chocolate at night. Who loves a bit of chocolate at night? I love a bit of chocolate at night. It doesn't feel good. It feels good. I'll tell you what I love. I love sitting down to a big, and I'm talking big bowl of homemade pasta. I'm telling you right now, nothing feels better than a big bowl of homemade pasta. Let me tell you. All right? All right? Anna's hankering for Domino Pizza tonight. Who loves a big salad? I love big tuna and parmesan salads. It's getting close to lunchtime. You're starting to get hungry with all this talk of food. Right? But what it's talking about is this this overconsumption. It's this over the top. It's allowing, it's allowing 
things to become more than joyful and enjoyable, it becomes controlling who you are. I cannot get wait to get home. I get cranky. I get angry. I get, if I don't get my dinner, if I don't eat, if who, who gets a bit hangry sometimes? I don't. That was when I dealt. I, I dealt with sin, Mum. I dealt with that sin. <coughs> Talking about bringing things into the light. Thank you. Comments from the supercoach. The Bible is so clear about sin. Because on one hand, Jesus has dealt with it and his grace is sufficient. On the other hand, we've also got to reconcile something ourselves, don't we? We've got to make a choice. We've got to make room for God. And so I want to lead you in an activation now. Are you ready? Let's stand up. Paul admonished members of the Corinthian church to do the same, just like the old Israelites coming out of Egypt. Get rid of the leaven. Instead of being prideful because of their newfound freedom in Jesus, the believers had allowed sin among their members. And I'm not talking about looking at the person beside you and saying, hey, you're sinful. I'm talking about taking a good hard look at ourselves. Paul's allusion to the feast of unleavened bread not only indicates indicates the church's familiarity with the celebration, but presents a clear object lesson. Turning an eye to sin invites corruption to spread like leaven in a loaf of bread. Matthew chapter 23, verse 26 Jesus said this, You blind Pharisee, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish that the outside of them may be clean also. You know why? You know why he said that? Because when Jesus gets on the inside and say, you say yes, yes to him, what happens is the outside starts to look different. Our decisions change. Things respond differently. We get cleaned up. How many know that we need a creative act like what King David wrote about in Psalm 5110? It says, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit. I just want you to say these words to the Lord. You can put your hands up. You can put your hands out. You can kneel. You can just simply stand there. But what I pray is that you bring things into the light. And you say those words, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Say, today, Jesus, I make room for you. Holy Spirit, 
would you clean out the old furniture? The old stuff that I don't need and really deep down I don't want. Because my desire for you, Jesus, is far greater than my desire for things of yesterday. Say these words, Jesus, do a new thing. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you just be released. Breathe upon us afresh. Lord, give us the strength and courage to step into the new. step into some authority here. Just look at me for a minute. Satan will manipulate where we give him room. And often the room that that we allow is based in sin. And we know Jesus has dealt with that. But what I want to lead you in right now is is a prayer of authority where the enemy has been allowed to influence, create lies... And I want you to run him out of your life. Are you ready? So we're talking about bringing things into light. And where there is light, darkness cannot dwell. Where there is light, John chapter 1 says, the darkness cannot comprehend it. Are you ready for the light? Here we go. Position yourself right now. Just take a minute. Pray these these words. I call upon the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Jesus, for your blood that has cleansed me and washed me clean. I confess my sin to you, Jesus. Things that I know of and things that I don't know of. Holy Spirit, I invite you now to fill this temple and run out, kick out everything that is not of God. Now, devil, any area of darkness 
that I have allowed in, I now command to leave in the name of Jesus. You have no place. I am a child of God. I've been bought at a price. And Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Saviour. And I serve Him and Him alone. Now, Holy Spirit, complete your work in me. Today, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, come on, give Him a praise. Come on, by faith, we're taking that step. By faith, Jesus, we thank You. And right now we serve notice to every demonic entity that has come against this church, come against the people of this church, and we command You to leave in the Name of Jesus. And now, Holy Spirit, we embrace the acceleration that You are bringing upon our lives, Lord. In every area of ministry, in every family, Lord. Lord, I thank You that You repair those things that are broken that You make new those things, Lord. And we step into that in Jesus' Name. We all said? Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and His presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your Saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.